Hello, this is Greg, host of Super NES Podcast, and you're listening to the Super NES Podcast. What, you never heard of a guy pimping his own podcast before? This is Greg, and you're listening to Super NES Podcast. Uh, I appreciate you listening to this very much. Uh, this is going to be episode number 19. We are going to be talking about the game Super Conflict, uh, which was developed by Mainly and Associates and published by Big Togai uh, at the Super NES in 1993. Um, thank you again for listening to the podcast, and I uh, appreciate the support that you've shown at the podcast as we've gone through these growing pains of trying to adjust to some of the uh, things going on here and some of the difficulties I've had in recording. Uh, hopefully, I'll, uh, hopefully, said the problems are over with and I'll be uh, back on track of things. So, um, once again, I'm just going to say real quick that if you have any suggestions for games covering the podcast, um, or if you'd like to be on the podcast, either on a one-time basis to, to talk about a favorite game of yours, or for permanent co-host, uh, please feel free to contact me, like either through Facebook or uh, over by email. Uh, information for that that could be at the end of the podcast. So, I wanted to do Super Conflict because this is a pretty obscure game. Not many people have played, have played it, and it often comes up in a list of some of the more obscure gems for the, like the Super NES. 
Um, I think in some ways this was a game that really just came out too ahead of its time because uh, because in many ways this game is kind of a precursor to like the Advance War series that's so popular these days uh, for handhelds and consoles. Um, the, as the name as the name suggests, this is a sequel actually for Conflict, which came out uh, for the NES back in 1990. Uh, that game was developed and published by Vic Togai, um, released, released both in Japan and the U.S. and also in Europe. And uh, the conflict was more popular than Super Conflict, it seems like. Uh, um, when I asked around about it, people there, there, there were more people who remembered playing Conflict than were playing Super Conflict. So, um, Super Conflict is a sequel to Conflict, but it's not really... It's a sequel in the, in the sense that in the sense it has a different story and different maps, but a lot of the game carries over from Conflict, so it's really just an improved version of Conflict, with new maps and better graphics and better music and that kind of stuff. So uh, the idea behind Conflict was that it was a uh, World War III simulator, basically between uh, the Cold um, during the Cold War between uh, NATO forces on the West. Uh, representing the game by blue, and a um, Soviet or Warsaw Pact forces represented by red. And you commanded uh, infantry and tanks and airplanes and ships as you tried to uh, defeat your opponent like on a map. And you could either play against the AI or um, or a two-player game. Uh, a lot of fun. It's been a, I, I, I spent a lot of time playing the game. Um, simulation strategy games have always been a favorite of mine, So and especially war games because I have a, um, a degree in history. And, uh, and especially war games have always been a, life, a lifelong love of mine also. So uh, Conflict was a, Conflict like was a great game uh, to me. When I heard, when I heard, just when I heard Vic Tokov coming out with a sequel, I made, sure to, I made sure to pick this game up as well, and I was not disappointed. Um, a little bit of different background for, uh, for, like, like for Super Conflict. For some reason, uh, Vic Tokov decided not to, not to develop the game themselves this time. Um, instead, they farmed it out to a third-party company known as Manly & Associates, who, according to interviews I've listened to for, uh, on the podcast, uh, developed a lot of games for uh, the Super NES and their consoles uh, during this time period. So, they developed the game. It was published by Victor Guy. Uh, came out in North America in March 1993 and came out in Europe in, Europe in, in 1994. Um, did not come out in Japan, as far as I can tell. Uh, again, probably representing the fact that probably conflict sold better in the West than it did like in Japan. So I guess it was another reason like why Victor Guy decided to let a, a third-party company game develop the game this time. Um, it has one of the cheesiest box covers you're ever going to see in a game. Just totally over-the-top fluff. Uh, find a picture of it like online to see what I'm talking about. Or, uh, like on the Facebook page. It's very, very bad. Um, so, in this game instead, you were... Like uh, I said, being based in Europe, like the original game was, you're set in the Mideast. Um, you're presumably fighting against uh, Arab forces. This was a couple of years after the first Gulf War. Um, and many, uh, and during the time period, many of the Persian Gulf nations did use uh, weapons and equipment supplied to them uh, by the Soviets. Um, or, or the Russians, as the case may be, because the Soviet Union had collapsed by this point. Uh, so they're still represented in the game by Russian forces, and they're still, and they're still red. 
Um, and American forces are still in the game as blue. So that part hasn't changed. Um, a lot of the game, like I said, is carried over directly from conflict. You can play against the AI or two-player or two-player game. Um, the objective, the, the objective of the game is the same. Uh, each 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 side starts off with a certain number of units, and you have to do, and you have to defeat the enemy. Um, the main additions are just are just simply with some of the uh, sorry, with a couple of the units, uh, like with the maps. So uh, you are in command of your um, like of either all the blue or red forces, um, uh, uh, like on the map. Um, there are two modes. Uh, there's short mode, which allows players to plan to, to plan the strategic battles without any tactical consequences, um, or long, which allows all units to participate like up four rounds of constant of constant warfare. So basically, what that just means is um, it, it, it kind of depends upon how much fighting that you want to do. If you want to actually control the units themselves as they as they do a combat combat, then you're going to want to do a long mode. Um, like I said, blue forces are American weapons. Uh, red forces are Soviet or Soviet-made weapons. Um, it's officially described as a military simulation game, uh, which is played on a hex map, uh, and you have to capture your opponent's flag tank or some or on some maps a flagship. Uh, you get one of these games. Um, sorry, you get one of these units per game. Uh, think of it as like the king in chess. Uh, it, uh, if you lose this, you lose the game. So you want to protect this unit, and you only want to bring it out in combat in a situation that really calls for it. Um, you start off with a like various amounts of units, um, depending upon what map you're on. You also have the ability to 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 build certain uh, certain units. Um, at factories. Again, as the game goes on, you get the ability to build more, uh, more and better units. Uh, and you gain points to spend in the factories by doing well in combat and being able to defeat your opponent units. And you lose points the same way. So, um, the game, since it takes place in the, in the Middle East, has a, has a very heavy Middle Eastern theme, uh, like the tiles and the map layout. Um, there are a lot of deserts, uh, there are a lot of bridges, uh, a lot of hills, that kind of stuff. Um, common sense kind of tells you as to what each unit um, uh, will suffer or gain from, depending upon the terrain that they're on. Um, hills and mountains, for example, like provide great defensive abilities, but they also require like more fuel to move through. Um, deserts and bridges are bad places to be to fight because you suffer like a penalty, like a, a penalty, like doing so. Um, there are a whopping 55 scenarios available available to, to, available to, to the player in one player game total. I uh, divide up into what's called uh, five combats. Um, uh, the maps are the maps are loosely linked together uh, linked together with, like these five various. Uh, combat situations, uh, which is reflected by different music, and you gain the ability uh, to be able to build to, to build and use different units uh, depending upon which combat uh, scenario that you're in. So we'll talk about that as we go on. Like we go on here, so you start off with your two or three factories, like I said, um, at least one of which specializes in air combat units, and, and at least one of which specializes in ground combat units. Um, and if the factory's not been destroyed, which can happen by bombing raids like your opponents, you want to definitely protect your factories, then it, uh, either player can order military units. Um, certain units take more turns to produce another, to, to produce the, to, uh, other units. So you can have some, some units ready to you in one turn, some units take two, some, some units like take three. 
So you need to basically look at your situation at the time and try to decide which unit that you want to do depending upon uh, what the situation, or situation, situation the battle is. So the the hexagons, the total the total terrain types available in the game are plains, woods, mountain. Uh, barren terrain, shoals, seas, bridges, airports, towns, or factories. Um, uh, airports are used to resupply and also to like and also, re and also to repair your air units. Towns do the same things like for your ground units. So uh, you have a certain amount of a um, fuel that each unit can have. Each unit also has a certain attack and defense combat value. So you want to basically basically look at what your opponent's throwing against you and try to mix and match your units to be able to best to to, to, be able to best attack and or defend against the opponent units. Uh, certain units are much more effective against other kinds kinds of units. For example, fighters are very effective against bombers. Uh, tanks are uh, heavy tanks are very effective against uh, like it's light tanks uh, and so on and so on. So. It sounds complex, but it really, but it really is not all that hard to handle. Um, like I said, because it because it came out in the '90s, this is more of a simplistic uh, strategic combat game. Uh, the game does a good job of easing you into the game. Uh, in the first scenario, you only have available a certain amount of units uh, units to you, and as and you go through the game scenarios, you get more and more options uh, options and units and, and units like available to you. Um, Often the AI would just simply charge you, so in many, like many of the games, you would just simply just sit back, hold a defensive position, and then counterattack when the time's right. Like I said, being able to mix and match your units to take advantage of your opponent's weakness, weaknesses, and making sure the units are on the right terrains are very critical. There are also 16 exclusive two-player scenarios that you can also play in this game uh, against the second player, and this is where the game really shines. Uh, like I said, the AI is decent. It tends to be very aggressive, um, but, against, but against another player, uh, it can really be a major slugfest as the, as the two of you try to try to look for weaknesses in your opponent's strategy and, 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 and see who can come out ahead of, like in the end. Each unit has at least one weapon available available for its use. Uh, most have two. If they have two, one of them is considered a primary weapon, and the other one is considered to be a secondary weapon. Um, the primary weapon usually is limited ammo and strikes a certain type of unit for heavier damage, whether it's land, sea, or air. Uh, the other weapon is generally weak. Uh, it can target any type of, air, type of unit, has unlimited ammo, and is basically just for finishing enemies off. So you want to only really use a secondary weapon if like, it's a last resort situation or if you're trying to finish off like a very uh, a weak and crippled unit. So you can... Um, you can use uh, the start button to see the status to be like unit of uh, unit type on the game. This works for the enemy's units like as well as yours. So you definitely want to take the take some time and start of start of each map to scout out the enemy units and see what they have and, and like a whatnot. Um, so um, c contrary to real life, um, mostly mostly American units are balanced out by the Russian units. Um, so, like, so, like, so each type of unit is reflected by a, a, an equal unit that your opponent has. So for that reason, I'm not really going to talk about the certain types of specific, specific units that are available in the game. I'm just going to, uh, I'm just, just going to talk about the general classes of units of the units they have available in the game as you slog through the game. So, um, like for example, you have available on the blue side F23s, F15Es, 
uh, A-10s, uh, M1A-1 tanks. The Russians have, for example, MiG-33s, MiG-23s, um, uh, uh, SA-8 uh, flak panzers. Like I said, I'm not going to I'm not going to mention the specific unit types. I'm just uh, um, I'm just just going to talk about uh, the types of units that you're available like available to available to like you go through the game. Um, you have available to you uh, infantry units. Um, the, uh, they come two types. You have infantry and commandos. Infantry are basic rifle-armed guys, uh, which are useful for defensive positions, holding cities, uh, attacking attacking enemy infantry, like enemy commandos. Commandos are a tougher version of like infantrymen, uh, armed like armed with more powerful weapons. Uh, they're, they're very good against uh, light armored units. Uh, such as light tanks, and again, benefit very well that can be in defensive positions. You're available to uh, fighters, which are, which are used for air superiority to defeat enemy fighters and, and then to attack their bombers and make sure and like make sure they can't use their bombers to attack your factories or say their ground units. And then you have your bombers, and you want your bombers to attack enemy ground units and factor factory units. Uh, don't send them in until after you've been able to either destroy or distract. Your enemy's fighter units. Um, there are also available helicopters and more specialized, specialized versions of air units. Um, more limited in range. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, like more limited in fuel, but about the greater range. Um, they're useful for attacking. For they're, they're useful for attacking like certain enemies. Uh, they do very well against hard targets, like for example, such as such as like heavy tanks. You also have, you also have you also have available to you um, SAM units that can be used to do that can be used to take out um, incoming enemy fighters and bombers. You have surface to surface to ground missiles that can be the, uh, that can do the same thing against enemy like enemy uh, ships and land units. There's also available to you um, supply trucks that you can use to be able to go ahead and to be able to resupply like your units and bring up ammo and fuel like to the front. Um, and then you also have what's called flak panzers, which are the anti-tank units, uh, very useful against attacking, like attacking enemy tanks. Uh, ships in the game uh, basically consist of destroyers, cruisers, uh, battleships, submarines, and aircraft carriers. Uh, those do various things depending upon uh, depending upon a uh, what unit you're attacking. Um, so um, as you go through the game, like I said, there's five there's five map scenarios available available to you in the game. You only have a certain kinds of ground units or ground units available to you uh, available to you in the first stage. In stage two, it introduces uh, air units and more heavier versions of land units. Stage three introduces uh, sea units, and stage four and stage five also introduce like more and more units until finally in stage five. You, you're able to play the you're able to play and build and build full complement of units like available to you. Um, sea units I never really found all that useful when like, go through battles. Uh, gaining air superiority is a must for being able to win a battle against your opponent. And like I said, just, just, just like I said, building up a good ground army and making sure that you're making sure you're gaining more points and you're losing uh, to keep new units coming to new units coming to the fight. Try not to use units, try not to lose units because because they cost you points. Just um, once you get the hang of figuring out uh, what types of units do well against what types of enemies, uh, you, uh, you'll definitely have a certain advantage 
the advantage like being able to attack your to attack your opponents. So careful attacking like in fighting like fighting you know, fighting this game is necessary. Um, this is a really fun game. If you ever like, if you ever played strategy war games, uh, or especially if you're a fan of, like advanced war games, I highly recommend checking this game out. It holds up very well today. It's very challenging. Um, it's an improved version, like I said, of Conflict for like the NES. So if you ever play Conflict for the NES, you definitely should, you definitely should, should check this game out and see how and see, and see how it was improved. Um, it sounds complicated. It's really not all that bad. Once you get the hang of it, you can pick up the game. The, the you pick up the gameplay like really like no time flat. And like I said, the game does a very good job of, of introducing new units and new and new strategies to you like, like as you go on uh, like the game. So um, there are various cheat codes available like available in the game. Uh, if you want to change, for example, your the weapon your computer the computer is using against you. Uh, before the attacking animation is fully played out, keep pressing the B button on controller two, and, uh, uh, that's the, and, uh, and that will force the AI to change over to the to the weaker secondary weapon. If you also want to skip ahead in the game and practice or practice certain maps, there's also a stage select uh, code available in the game. To access this the scenario map, hold L and B, and then push X and Y, and then while holding all four buttons, let go of X. Hold it again, and then release all four buttons at the same time. Then push L and B together to open up the new areas. Um, or push L, I'm sorry, yeah, push L and B to open up the new areas. Uh, there's several glitches and bugs that are that are present in the game. First time we've talked about bugs. Not too many Super NES games have them, uh, because by this point, uh, the games are going through pretty rigorous playtesting. So I'm not really sure how this, uh, I have these two bugs slip through, but I do want to mention them here in case you're playing this game for the first time, in case you run into these. Um, one of them is a cheat that you can use to be able to exploit unlimited ammo for your heavy weapons. To do this, uh, switch your weapon after you fired it, and you hit when the weapon, um, and you hit the, with the weapon you selected to, and, and not the ones you fired. Uh, when you're going to attack, fire weaker, fire weaker weapon which has unlimited ammo, and switch your heavy weapon which has which has limited ammo, uh, and no ammo that could be no ammo that like be used by the heavy weapon like by doing this. So you can use this glitch to basically get unlimited ammo for your heavy weapon. The other cheat, the other bug in the game is definitely a bug. Um, when you order a carrier like my factory, um, and then try to check out the goodies inside the carrier, the game will crash. So uh, I don't know how this one missed like missed playtesting, but uh, so I wouldn't build carriers in this game in this game, unfortunately, because of that game bug. So um, given the fact how this game is not really all that popular and has not really been um, hyped up um, at or is or sentimental value like left like other Super NES games, there are not many copies of this game that sold recently online. I only found 23 copies of this game, uh, like this game that like this game that sold uh, that sold over the last three months, and have an equal amount of games currently being sold. Uh, the good news is that if you want a copy, because it isn't all that popular, you can have a copy for pretty cheap. Um, these prices include shipping. Uh, you can pick up a cart version of the game for six for six dollars to sixteen fifty. Uh, and CIB copies not, are, are, not all, are, not, are not all that much more expensive either. Uh, they range from $24 to $38. So this is definitely a game that you can have for cheap. 
Um, and like I said, I, I really, uh, like I said, if you enjoy strategy games, if you enjoy simulation games, I highly recommend checking this game out because it still holds up very well today. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, the music is no great shakes. It's kind of repetitive and boring, I thought. Um, but they, uh, but the graphics are good. They're detailed. They hold, they, uh, they do the job pretty well. Control is pretty easy to pick up. And if you play with somebody else, it's a blast. So maybe sometimes literally. Uh, so I definitely recommend checking out this game. Uh, like I said, there, there's there's a number of lists that give this game kind of credit for being like a underrated gem in the system. So I definitely recommend checking the game out and finding out why. So the next game on the podcast is going to be a personal favorite of mine. Uh, this is a game I have really loved since it first came out, and definitely and definitely and definitely like my favorite like favorite games of the system. Uh, it is the underrated it is the underrated game uh, Uncharted Waters: New Horizon by. Uh, by Koei. It also came out for the Genesis and the PC, but I, but uh, but I'll be talking about the Super NES version on that podcast. It's a sequel to New Horizons that, was, um, that came out for the NES and Super NES. Uh, but this is really a very fun um, sim slash fighting slash RPG slash a couple other genres uh, mixed into it. Really a, a fun game. Uh, I'm really looking forward to forward talking talking about that one uh, on the podcast. So, if you'd like to be on the podcast as a guest um, in either one shot or a permanent basis, or have any feedback, comments, suggestions, please feel free to contact me. Uh, I have a Facebook page, and you can also send me an email to the SNES podcast at yahoo.com. Um, you can also listen to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And I appreciate all your support and, uh, support and the feedback and the kind compliments and criticism that you've offered the podcast. So, uh, thank you very much again for listening for listening to the podcast. And... Um, and uh, take care. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep of power.